Have you ever thought about letting 30% of your clients go to increase your profit while keeping the same number of employees? Well, that's exactly what one of my clients, Tori, did. And we just went skiing together and we're at the base of the mountain and he shares an exciting story about how he used the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle, to make some big changes in his service offering, including offering unlimited snow removal to his residential snow clients and how he's using his CRM to make some big decisions that have ultimately freed up his personal life and massively increased his profit. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Jost is here. Right now I'm at the bottom of Copper Mountain in Colorado with Tori Shalanda from Betterview Landscapes. And uh, we just, we had a couple of Ramblin' Jackson clients out here from Texas, yep. and Colorado. We went skiing yesterday. And um, here we're gonna talk about how Tori is able to go skiing and some of the challenges he solved in his business using the 80-20 principle. So Tori, before we dive into that, tell us a little bit who are you, where is your company, yep. about how many how many people work for you. And Yeah, so um, I'm the owner of Better View Landscapes. Um, we're now in our 26th year of business. Um, we're out of Hadley, Massachusetts. Um, have about 10 full-time employees and anywhere from 15 to 18 um, during the peak season. So uh, we fill in the rest with part-timers. Um, love living in the valley where I've lived pretty much my entire life, and uh, I love skiing. So, <laughs> and, and what are the services that Betterview offers? We're a full-service landscape company, so we offer landscape design, build, uh, maintenance, lawn mowing, um, snow plowing in the winter as well. So, pretty much a full service, and that's kind of our goal: is to be a full-service um, shop for our clients to take care of their property. And uh, you joked uh, during the week here that you're a, ma a maintenance company with a design problem. What, yeah, with a design what? build problem, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, my roots and uh, my original company started as a maintenance company, lawn mowing um, in high school with my good friend. Um, and that's really where I, 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 I thrive. I love doing it. But I also really love design. So as I started to grow my business, um, kept getting into design, and, and that's where my creative really creativity really flows. So... Um, it's, but it's probably a quarter of my business and the rest of my business is really maintenance and caring for properties. So, but we also enjoy taking care of installing things for our clients as well. So kind of, again, makes us a one-stop shop. Yeah, I love that. And um, so tell us, you know, we're gonna get into, a, you made some big changes recently with yeah. your pricing structure. You, you no longer work with some clients in some certain areas. What were, before we get into that, what were some of the challenges that you were experiencing in your business with labor and with just route planning and things like that? Yeah, specifically we were having issues um, with our winter work. Um, it just, for many factors of, for staffing and things like that, um, we found that we were having to try to staff up a lot for the winter time and in New England, um, in our part of Massachusetts, um, we're about 40 inches or so of snow a year, but um, as winters have been kind of wonky um, year to year, it was really hard to plan, um, also really hard to staff and to buy equipment for because it just was not reliable um, income. So we could have winters where we didn't do much at all and we, we'd really be really hurting. So um, that was one of the pain points. And the other pain point we had was that we were just overextended with our plan work. We, have, we offer really 
interesting um, residential plowing service, really good communication, really good high, high level of service. And we found that by utilizing the 80-20 that um, a lot of the clients that we had, the 80% um, were not taking any of our ser other services. So they were literally just working with us for our snow service. So that was our biggest challenge. And I was having to be in the field. Um, I wasn't being able to enjoy being on a mountain as much as I'd like to be um, wintertime. I've got two kids and love being on, in the mountains, on the mountains. Um, so yeah, those were kind of the main, main point point, just trying to to keep my labor or try to maintain what I have and do the work that I need to do with that. Yeah, and so for people who are watching or listening, maybe they haven't heard of 80-20 principle. It comes from an Italian economist, Pareto, yeah. who observed, I think, was it 16th century? Yeah, uh, 17th. Or, but 17th yeah. yeah, I can't his remember. His pea patch. Yeah, okay. his pea patch was, uh, was yeah, so the, the whole thing was he, he noticed that in his garden that 20% of his peas um, produced the amount, most amount of the actual peas. So that's kind of where it all started and, and snowballed from there. Well, so. And then he also observed that um, the top 20% of Italy owned 80% of the real estate. Yep. And this can apply to, to health. It applies to how like 80% of the traffic happens on the top 20% of the roads. Yep. Uh, people wear... Um, it, you know, 80% of the time they wear the top 20% of their clothing yep. and it absolutely applies to business. How have you used this with your pricing and applying it to your customers? Yeah, so um, we applied it to our snow piling operations because that was the one that we were having the most trouble with as far as trying to meet the needs of our clients with our staffing and also just to um, adjust our pricing to that way we can keep a consistent budget throughout the winter and have a baseline. So. Um, the first thing we did, we took our snow plowing client list and we sorted it by um, who has the highest revenue basically generating. Um, so we took the top 20% of our clients um, and we created two new plowing packages basically. One what we call legacy or per push, which is like a standard in the industry. You, you push someone's driveway, you plow it, you get paid um, for that time that you're there. Um, and then we are offering, we started offering an unlimited plan with um, a lot of extras built into it to really build value um, and to just really build um, just a better service, to really better service our clients. And so the top 20, we just said, you know, you're on per push and, you know, if you want to do this uh, unlimited program, it's this price. Um, we based it on, we used a lot of math. We, we've, we use a CRM software. We know how many times we've been on a property in the last five years, three years, seven years. So we really had a lot of data to work from, which gave us enough confidence to make this decision. Um, and then, the 80%, the, other the lower 80% were offered unlimited only, and that was the only way we would be able to do plowing service for them. Our intent was to lose about 30 or so percent of um, our snow plowing clients. We wanted to reduce our list for one um, because we just, we couldn't keep, couldn't keep going at that. I wanted to have free at my time. I needed to run the business and not having to be pulled out into plowing operations during the winter time. We lost, ended up losing about 30-ish percent of the snow list, which is exactly what we we're trying to do. Um, and so the outcome now is that we, if we have a, a year, a comparable year, snow year from the year before, we, and coupled with the unlimited clients that we have, um, we'll actually stand to make about 25, 30% more than that year alone with about 60 less clients um, and with the same staffing that we normally have. So we're not having to like staff up heavily or equipment up heavily to, to meet um, people that aren't utilizing our other services. So, so you're getting more profit yes. with fewer clients yep. 
and basically the same amount of staff. Yeah, exactly. And a lot and we're able to and ultimately and the goal was is to service our clients better. So we actually were able to for our unlimited clients, they're getting we're able to come back more often and it doesn't cost them a dime. We'll go clear their mailboxes or, you know, clear a little spot that got missed for free because it's like it's part of it and we're adding a lot of value. We I always tell people we're not selling snow plowing or winter services, we're selling safety, because really that's what we're in the business of selling safety, keeping people to get to their homes, to their cars, you know, loved ones from getting into their houses so they don't get hurt. So Yeah, I love it. Well and, and so what are what are some of the risk reversals that you've built into the offer for the client, right? Because yeah. um, in a in a year, let's let's pretend I'm a homeowner oh, well, I'm paying for unlimited snow and they only came twice this year or it didn't snow at all this year or uh, whatever. Yeah, and that was an absolute concern of mine because that's not what we're trying to do. Um, we're not trying to game people or anything. We're just like, look, we. so how we're solving that is um, if we get under a 20, we get 40 inches of snow per year average. And if we get under that uh, 20, if we get 20, 20 inches or less, um, we're actually going to discount their next season's worth by upwards of like 35%. So we're going to offer them a discount off of the price. Um, and our goal ultimately is by going to this unlimited scenario, we hope to reduce our pricing overall as we kind of build out our, our as we build out more clients that take on more of our services, we can make our snow operations a little cheaper for everybody. And, and so, and that's built into the contract. Yep, it's built in the contract. Um, and we really, I'm always looking for more ways to add value. So, um, you know, we take a lot of client feedback and ask them about what, you know, what, what can we do better? You know, what would you like us to do? And we take that feedback really serious and try to implement as, wherever we can and whenever we can. Um, and and then what, how do you protect yourself in a snow year where you're just getting dump after dump and well, like what's so, the protection so for there, the company? Yeah, which is which is great because this is how the eighty twenty then works on, on the other end, right? So we have this baseline of the eighty percent of the client, you know, that that eighty that is unlimited, but. 20% of our client of our plowing operations is not as unlimited and per push. So in years where we get heavier snow, yeah, we might be not necessarily losing money, but not making as much on or a standard rate on the unlimiteds. But our our per push or legacy clients are actually kind of making up the difference. So um, if that's kind of how we've we've done that um, and kind of balanced that to keep it so we're we're safe and free and free and clear of uh, sort of risk. Uh, and and that's really ultimately the thing too. I can buy equipment, I can staff properly, and provide really good service throughout the season. So the thought of losing 30% of your clients, that was a calculated risk you were willing to take, but what if all of them quit or or whatever? <laughs> How did you have the confidence to, to really make this bold business decision? Um, it was not, this is probably the hardest decision I've ever made. Um, it was, in, but I really had a lot of trust in the theory. Um, I also had a trust in our clients. I. Um, through working with Ramblin' Jackson, I really start. I, I really even better know my client now and understand my hell yes client. So, um, I just was like, okay, people really love our service. We have really great reviews. People really like what we do. And they and I ultimately want clients that value our what we offer. And so I said, you know, if I lose, you know, fifty percent of those, okay, you know, because ultimately we found that people that did drop out, we were we were taking on clients that were unlimited snow plowing, but also signing up for all the summer services was exactly what we we're yeah. trying to do. We we're trying to round it out so that they're not they're just utilizing our, so really we were wasting a lot of time on single service clients and, and limiting our capacity um, and our profitability too.
Yeah, yeah. So we've been working together for a couple of years, and you came to our landscapers summit yep. um, a couple of years ago. And what, part of that is the exercise of figuring out your hell yes customer, and yep. it's a few things. One of it is the what the services that they buy, mm -hmm. um, the service area, what neighborhoods, cities yep. are they in, um, the budget, and then also lifetime value. Yep. And so this is something that you're that you're talking about that I don't think a lot of business owners spend enough time thinking about is yeah. the lifetime value of a hell yes customer. Yep. Um, they're not just snow removal. They're gonna buy snow, they're gonna buy um, construction, they're gonna buy installation, yep. they're gonna buy maintenance, they're gonna have you do fall and spring cleanup. Yep. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna spend more with you over their lifetime. Yep. And that's really what we, and that's what we need. And that was in that way, we don't have to actually grow out our staff as much either. And um, we can just tighten routes. And with the snow plowing thing, we actually ended up removing some clients on the out on the outskirts because it just we couldn't service them the way we wanted to. So, yeah. Well, and so one of the things you know uh, that that I love about this is, is you had the data yes. to make the decision. Yep. And so, <clears throat> tell me a little bit about your CRM. How long have you been using it? Which one are you using? Okay. And what kind of reports do you do you pull from there that um, you know give you this kind of peace of mind? We joked about waking up at three in the morning and <laughs> checking QuickBooks. Yep. Right. I do that sometimes, yep. and I like having the data. I'm yep. like, oh, okay, we're not going out of business, uh, or <laughs> yeah. whatever. I can go back to sleep. <laughs> so, so tell me what what are you what are you doing, and and yeah. how are you kind of tagging things so you can actually use the data yep. to make these decisions. So we've been using Service Autopilot, I want to say since 2011, so we've been with them almost like yeah, 11 years. So um, we've tracked, and since then, we've tracked everything. Um, we know how long we've been on a client's property, how many for snow plowing, how many visits we've done per season. We know pretty much like everything about them, um, what their client value is, how long they've been with us. You know, we can, and we can run, some of those reports are already made in that program, um, which is great. So we can find out um, lifetime value. We can do that. We also use QuickBooks. We'll extract it there on, our, on the accounting side. Um, but yeah, we, we, we pay a lot of attention to what each client brings in um, on a yearly basis to help kind of go. And also to see where, hey, what do we need to sell? You know, it's like, oh, we have a bunch of clients that aren't taking lawn mowing or fertilizing or whatever. And we go, okay, we use that to upsell them. So, yeah. and that's like, Again, rounding out our entire year with all of the clients that we have, so we don't necessarily need always to like get more more clients. I mean, those are nice, but also maximizing the ones we have and selling more services and rounding them out is really important. What I love about this story is that you figured out a way to do more, make more profit with less, with fewer customers, yep. and you know, keeping your your current staff, and then that also helps with with employee retention, absolutely, be, because they're not stressed out needing to visit as many clients. Yep. And maybe when they're when they're maxed out like that and understaffed, then the the clients complain more. Absolutely. And 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 your people want to do a good job, and they want their customers to be happy. Yep, that's exactly it. So we even built in by doing this, we were able to take out an entire team. We call them the floater team, and their sole job is to fill in or help out other teams during a storm. So if someone has, you know, is slower on a route or can't make it in till later, that person's job is literally to just make up the slack. And that we could never do before. And that has been um, huge. And I used to have to take on some of that when we were at max capacity. I was the person that had to run out and do a couple driveways here and have to leave my office and leave doing work that I need to get done on the business as well. Um, so, I forgot what I was gonna say because there's people walking around. So running a small business is stressful. Um, entrepreneur literally means risk undertaker, it's yep. a French word. So uh, you've now 
really gotten to a place where it's, I, is it worth the risk that you've put into the business? And tell me a little bit about, you know, why are we skiing and making a podcast at, on a Thursday morning in the yeah, wintertime right? when you run a snow removal business? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's definitely been worth it. Um, it really, I, it took a big leap. I mean, we're in year one, and I have a lot of things, in, you know, for year two to help out and make sure you can maintain value for them, the clients. But um, we're basically already applying it to all our other services and the business in, in, in a whole of really looking at, okay, what, even by service, like, is it, this service worth doing, um, you know, applying the 80-20 to that? How much are we getting out of this service? Is it worth offering it? Um, can it be done cheaper? Is it a profitable um, service? So, yeah, that's the next phase utilizing all the numbers that we've collected and doing just that. So yeah, it has freed me up a bunch. I'm able to come out here, like you said, uh, middle of the week, um, standing in, you know, in front of a beautiful mountain, skied a bunch the last couple of days. It's, it's been great. Um, it's definitely helped boost my lifestyle. It gives me some freedom in my own home with my family. And that's really, I think ultimately my, my main objective is to free up my time so I can spend time with my girls, skiing on a hill, wherever, taking them to school, doing the things that I really want to do and making my life just a little bit easier. And, and you're probably a more enjoyable person to work for as a result of that. Not that you weren't before, right? But. I like to think I'm a pretty, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I, it takes some of the stress out of it for sure. And, but, um, and I can let my employees do the work they want to do and, yeah. and do it well and give them the resources, both by not overtaxing them with work um, and also being able to provide them newer equipment and buying the best stuff to help them do their job the best because I know what I have to spend. I know I have budgets now based on it because I know I have a baseline of an income for the winter specifically. So, Right on. Well, hey, it's been really fun working with you on this and being you know a small part of it, but it was really you know a lot of you just having the data, analyzing it, and then making a decision, right? Yep. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask about, what are maybe some decisions or risks that you've taken in the business that haven't panned out? And then how bad was it really when they didn't? Well, as you mentioned, you know, entrepreneur is the, you know, French for risk, you know, yeah. I mean, I've taken a lot of risks and I was thinking about it. Um, you know, nothing was as big as this current one, but small things, name change, or not even a name change, although that was another thing we did do, which yeah. worked It was time. Well. Yeah, it was time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, small things that like service offerings that I thought were gonna be a good thing, but they ended up being distractions. You know, yeah. that's usually with more, for me, it was more like, oh, let me try this out, or, and, that, and they just don't pan out, and I put a little too much money into it and invest, so um, yeah. So, but after 26 years, I've taken a lot of risks. It's just sort of you, you kind of learn from them and keep moving. And I think that's the key at the end of the day is if you, every entrepreneur, you want to learn from any mistake or whatever. I don't, I don't consider them mistakes or just experiences and, and move on and, and learn from that and move forward. Well, yeah, one of our core values at Ramblin' Jackson is grow or die. Yeah. And that's part of it is, is growing and that, that requires taking risk and stepping out of your comfort zone. And I found you always learn from it and it's never really as bad as, yeah. I, every time I've made a big decision like this, I'm like, oh man, why didn't I do that four years ago? Uh, or something like that. <laughs> yep, and I feel exactly the same way about with this snow thing. You know, it was like, how, why we've been struggling so long? You know, we want to keep this level of service up, but yeah, it was, it was, it was so refreshing. Like, like, okay, this is great. So such a hot sigh of relief. Right on. Well, well, Tori, the lifts are now open and running, and I know you want to get a couple runs in before yep. your flight. So thanks so much for coming on yeah. the show and for sharing this. Thanks um, for having me. It was, it's been a great experience here. Yeah, I'm glad to come and experience the mountain with somebody and the people that love mountains as well. So especially I, with other rambling clients, that was, that was just the coolest thing. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. This was great. Yeah. 
Um, so, all right, everyone, thanks so much for watching today's show. Um, I hope you, you got some ideas. Do the work, you know, analyze your customer list. Who are your top 20% of your customers? Who are the bottom 80%? And what are, what are some decisions that you could make based on, you know, this inspiration from, from Tori? And uh, my name is Jack Jostis. Thanks so much for checking out the Landscaper's Guide. And I hope to talk to you next week. Thank you.